it is certainly my honor and my privilege. You have just such a marvelous church. And may I tell you that um, your pastor, Wade Kessner, he is absolutely an amazing man. I thought about calling him Grace. Uh, he's just amazing. Amen. To, uh, he took me today and showed me the um, future home of the uh, Buckeye Holler Church. My, you all are so blessed. I know there's been a whole lot of work going on, and I'm so thankful and so glad and so humbled to get to be here. Let's be turning to the book of Psalms, chapter number 40. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. <coughs> Psalms chapter number 40. We know that the psalmist David, he had more than one desperate time in his life. One time was not of anything that he did wrong. Why, he was just playing his... Uh, harp and the evil spirits would flee from him he was doing all that he could to serve the lord and he had taken that little sling and slung that stone and killed the giants well the women got together and sang a song that king saul had killed his thousands but little david he had killed ten thousands immediately the Bible said that Saul eyed David from that day forward. David had reached a desperate time of his life. His king was trying to kill him. There was a later time in David's life that he had reached a desperate time. It was his own son that was trying to kill him. David had... Uh, been blessed and reached the point of being the king of Israel, but he had fallen. He had sinned. And oh, my friend, yes, the Lord forgave him, but the sword never left his house. And so David was now running from his son, hiding and trying to keep Absalom from killing him. We find David in Psalms chapter number 40 crying out of prayer that uh, certainly not in these exact words, but I too have prayed this prayer. No doubt you have. Psalms chapter number 40, let's start at verse number 11. Withhold not thou thy tender mercies from me. Oh Lord, let thy loving kindness and thy truth continually preserve me. For innumerable evils have compassed me about. Mine iniquities have taken hold upon me that I am not able to look up. They are more than the hairs of my head. Therefore, my heart faileth me. Be pleased, O oh Lord, to deliver me. Oh, Lord, make haste to help me. Let's skip down to the last verse, 17. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. 
Now let me say right here that whenever David wrote this, he was the king of Israel. This poor does not speak that he was unemployed and had nothing to eat. And if you are here tonight and you're unemployed and have nothing to eat, the Lord's going to supply. He's going to take care of you. Amen? But that is not the poor that David is speaking of. There is a poor that though your belly is full, though there is money in the bank, money can't buy peace. Come on here now. Money can't buy happiness. Oh, there is a poor within that other people may see your car, may see your house or see your suit and think, wow, he's doing pretty good. But oh, you know, as David cried that day, you know what he's talking about. But I am poor and needy, yet the Lord thinketh upon me. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying. Oh, my God. Thou art my help and my deliverer. Make no tarrying. Oh, my God. Thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Lord, to preach the gospel again. Thank you, Lord, for the Buckeye Holler Church, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the pastor and every soul that is here tonight. Give me the words, the wisdom, the love, most of all, the Holy Ghost anointing, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would move in this altar, Lord. In this altar service tonight, not my will, thy will be done. In the name of Jesus and the church said, there's an old saying that I've said it and heard it at least a hundred times and no doubt you have said it and heard it at least a hundred times too. Our God helps those who help themselves. Amen? Y'all ever heard that saying? Do you talk that way in Virginia? Our God helps those who help themselves. Why, I, I can see that all through the word, <clears throat> that being confirmed. We are um, just talking about David, and David wrote this. Well, you remember <clears throat> that day when he was just that young boy, and his daddy sent him to take lunch to his brothers there on the battlefield. And, uh, you know, he just went prepared, didn't he? He might have looked like Huckleberry Finn had that slingshot in his back pocket. Amen. He went prepared. Why, when he got there and the Lord moved upon him and he cried, is there not a cause? And all oh, he went before the Goliath. Oh, you've come with me with your sword and your shield, but I've come in the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Oh, but aren't you glad that when he picked up those five smooth stones, he had that slingshot in his pocket. Amen. The Lord helped him. But he carried his own slingshot, and he went and got the five smooth stones. Amen? It's obvious right there. The Lord helps those who help themselves. Amen? Let me tell you, we have got a marvelous uh, place company and a matter of fact they're hiring right now if you're needing a job back in greater Cincinnati across the river in Kentucky there in Hebron uh, Amazon 
Y'all know what Amazon is. Man, they have got these huge buildings, the longest buildings I've ever seen. Uh, I'm sure they're not a mile long, but they're, uh, you know, at least a couple hundred yards long. And they're just the longest buildings I've ever seen. And they've got several of them, at least at least five of them, probably ten of them. And just uh, quite a few of them there. And they had in the uh, newspaper that they were going to be hiring uh, 170 men at this one point. Well, <clears throat> I went to church one night at a visiting church and... <clears throat> uh, there in the back, you know how all the men stand around and talk. You know, you've seen that before, haven't you? And as I came in, they was talking about, I said 170, it was 470. And they was talking about, did you hear about Amazon? They're hiring 470 people. Man, that was good news. Well, you know, and I went on, you know, and walked on. I heard that, and well, lo and behold, it was God's will that I heard that. After church that night, a good brother come up to me, and, and he said, Brother Doug, can I talk to you for just a moment? I said, sure, you know, talk to me. And he said, I, I got laid off from my job, and my unemployment is running out, and we don't have nothing. I'm in bad shape. I need God to move for me. You better believe I took that serious. Amen. That's something to take serious, amen? And I, I took that so serious, and whenever he said that, it hit me. Whoa! You're not going to believe this, man. When I came in the church tonight, there was some fellas standing at the back door, and they were saying that Amazon, over there in Hebron, Kentucky, have you seen that place? Yeah, those big, long, they are hiring 470 people. Praise the Lord! Well, we went on, and it had been, oh, I don't know, several weeks later. And uh, I visited another church, and uh, that same brother was there after church, and he came to me. He said, Brother Doug, he said, I, I need to talk to you. I said, okay. He said, haven't you been praying for me? Well, I didn't want to lie, but I hadn't been because, I, you know, there's hiring 470 people, my, my son, I quit his job so he could work there and make more money. And, and my brother-in-law works there. And my son-in-law works there. And we got a whole bunch of people from the church that got jobs there. And so I just assumed. And I said, brother, to tell you the truth, I haven't been because I just assumed that they hired you over there in, in Hebron. He said, over where? I said, in, in Hebron. He said, What's over there? I said, Amazon? You know what, brother? I have not had time to get over there. You know what I said with all the love of God? God helps those who help themselves. Come on now. There are some people that need to get off the couch and go get them a job. Amen. God helps those who help themselves. But I've come to tell you tonight, our God is bigger than that. There are people who have had times in their life, and I'm certainly one of those people, and I'm sure that I'm preaching to other people that have been there and are there. I want to tell you about our God. Our God helps those who can't help themselves. Woo! 
I said, our God helps those who can't help themselves. Would you give him a praise? Somebody praise the name of Jesus. Somebody give Jesus glory and praise tonight. For he helps those who can't help themselves. Amen? I can remember, I told you uh, some about that car accident time. And I told you a little bit about being in uh, therapy. And... Uh, uh, understand that at this time I was uh, 90 something percent blind my left side was paralyzed I'm partially paralyzed completely useless my mouth was wired shut uh, my brain was very damaged they said I would never be able to talk in complete sentences again I was just in pain all over all day long oh my friend living that life God began to do great things for me he had already delivered me from depression oh thank you jesus how many know that jesus is great and he is the healer of depression oh my friend healing does not come in a bottle come on now healing does not come with the prescription come on now jesus he is the deliverer from depression because technically if we took time to preach about that healing does uh is whenever the lord makes you better from something physical my friends depression is not a physical problem it's a spiritual battle come on now it's a spiritual battle you need God to fight this battle for you. You need God to win this battle for you. Amen. Come on now. Oh, Satan and all of his ploys and, and phony uh, things of peace can't win that battle. But there is peace in the name of Jesus that passeth all understanding. He will not only take care and win the battle for you, he will keep your heart and your mind. Somebody praise his name. Hallelujah be to Jesus. Thank God. Well, Jesus is our healer of depression. He healed me of depression. And Jesus, at this time, uh, I'm so thankful that what I told you about this morning, that he had uh, let all those wires just fall out of my mouth and gave me a brand new jaw. The way the doctor said it was, you know, let me explain something to you. When you have a broken bone, that bone will be scarred where it was broken at the rest of your life. Did you know that? The rest of your life, those of you in medical, I know that there's people here that know that already, that it will be scarred the rest of your life. And the next ray will show, even though it happened when you was a, a child, now that you're an old guy like me, it's still there. It shows where your bone was broken. This jaw, the doctor said, in my professional opinion, someone has given you a brand new jaw. Understand it was broken a hundred times all the way around. They had put a metal plate in there and they never took it out, but it's not there. Come on here now. Oh, there's a hundred different scars there uh, on a normal jaw. This jaw doesn't have one scar. It's a brand new jaw. Jesus is great. Jesus is great. Hallelujah. So at this time, I want to tell you about my jaw was healed, my depression was over, and I was getting prayed for every service. I was getting prayed for over and over and over again, but God had his plan. For we know 
that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord and those that are called according to his purpose. How many knows that's the truth? Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And so though I would get prayed for over and over again and I was still suffering so many things and, and so that night, understand, uh, well, let me first tell you about a little bit about therapy that they was trying to teach me that though my left side was partially paralyzed, completely useless, it was all in the brain. It wasn't that my injury was on the left side. It was the brain damage was so bad. And so on the right side of my brain. <clears throat> and so every day, it seemed like a thousand times a day, but I know it wasn't that many. That mean, ther are there any th uh, physical therapists here? I don't want to offend anybody. If there's, now, be honest. Is there a physical therapist here? Okay. Some people think you have to have a college degree to be a physical therapist. You're just not allowed to have a heart. The meanest people would ever live. Come on now. Please don't repeat that. And so that mean lady, she would take my arm and hold it up. She'd say, no, I'm going to count to three. When I count to three, don't you let that arm fall. You keep it up there. Are you ready? No. One, two, three. She'd let go and my arm would go down and it would hurt so bad. It would just fall. I had no control over it. She'd done that hundreds of times. She'd done that over the weeks and months. She'd done that. Well, let me tell you about this night uh, that they was also teaching me to use a walker. And our home church in Cincinnati, the, where you come into the uh, sanctuary at, it is on the same level as the platform. And so the floor is at an angle going down. So the back and the platform is on the same level, even though the front seat is, is two or three feet lower. <clears throat> and so that's a really good idea if you're sitting on the back pew. But if you're on a walker, that's a very hard thing. And so that night... Uh, I tried to go to the home church. We had come in from Illinois and because uh, they were in revival at the home church. The evangelist was Brother Webster, and he's just a wonderful friend. And, and, and I was excited to get to uh, come and, and be with him. Matter of fact, he's the one after whenever the Lord spoke to Missy to bring me out of the nursing home, uh, he's the one that pushed me out of the nursing home in my wheelchair. So I have a lot of respect and love for Brother Kevin. And, and so he was in revival and we drove the seven hours home to be there in revival and I was very glad and thankful not to come in in my wheelchair that night but be on my walker <clears throat> I didn't know it would be so hard I fell three times that night coming down the middle aisle to sit where I always sit on the front seat and you know, the first couple times, they all felt sorry for me, you know, and I hate that, but, you know, it's, they should. Uh, but the third time, the men jumped up, and they got me, and they kind of carried me down to the front seat and set me down there, and Brother Kevin preached, and I don't remember what he preached on, but I know it was great because it always is, and he's one of my favorites, and he, he preached. And when he got done preaching, some of the men came back to me, and they said, Brother Doug, We've been praying. We've been fasting for this night. How many know that prayer and fasting is what it takes for the Lord to bring healing to us? Amen. 
And they said, we've been praying and fasting. And so they helped me up with my walker and brought me up to the front here at the altar. And all of the folks gathered around me, anointed me with oil and prayed for me in the name of the Lord. I'll tell you, I felt such a charge of the Holy Ghost. I just felt so much of the Lord come over me that I thought, Lord, have mercy. This is it. This is it that the Lord's doing. And, and I let go of my walker and I started to fall and I grabbed my walker again, you know, and they helped me back to my seat. And I was just sitting there. Can I sit on the altar, Pastor? Is that okay? And I was sitting there on the front seat, and they were up singing that song. There's a miracle in the making for you. Oh, I love that song. And as they sang, there was a, there's a miracle in the making for you. I just started feeling better. Understand, I just started feeling better. Now, without thinking about what I was doing, I've had that problem all my life, doing things without thinking. And I never thought about that being my left hand without thinking about it. I raised my left hand to give the Lord praise that the pain was leaving me. I was feeling so much better. Things just quit hurting. And I was just sitting there with my left hand up in the air. And I was praising the Lord because I was feeling better. Woo! Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Understand, church, I had tried to keep my hand in the air hundreds of times, but oh, when I couldn't help myself, the Lord helped me. The Lord helps those who can't help themselves. I had tried to fix it. The therapists that did all they knew to do. The doctors that tried all they knew to do. Oh, but when can't nobody else help you? When you can't help yourself, Jesus can do what you can't do amen and there I was sitting there with my left hand in the air praising the Lord Woo! and then now remember I was blind then I looked up on the platform and there stood how many here have a brother-in-law if you have a brother-in-law raise your hand okay so I'm with people that understand I have a brother-in-law you all know how brother-in-laws are. And uh, <coughs> I am a brother-in-law. Think about it. Uh, <coughs> As I sat there and I looked up on the platform, there stood my brother-in-law, uh, Brother Brian Miller, with Brother Kevin, the evangelist, and they walked to the end of the platform, <coughs> and they were snickering and, and kind of laughing a little bit, you know, and pointing at me. Well, I had no idea what they were snickering and laughing at. I had my hand in the air and was praising the Lord because I was feeling better. I was getting blessed. And I looked up there and saw them snickering at me, and I was thinking, man, my brother-in-law and brother Kevin need to be sanctified. I'm getting a blessing, and they're laughing at me. I didn't realize my arm was up in the air. And Brian, he looked at me, and he realized that I didn't know what was going on. And he pointed his arm, and he pointed at me and pointed back at his arm. That's my paralyzed arm in the air. I said, look, Missy, look, quick, quick, quick. That's my arm in the air. Woo! That's my left arm, honey. Hey, it's still in the air. I couldn't help myself. But 
but Jesus healed me. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank God, thank God. I'm so glad that my God helps those who can't help themselves. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Hallelujah, woo! Well, I was so glad that I, I, my arm was up in the air, still not thinking about that I was seeing. And I started waving at people across the church and showing them my left hand was working. And I thought everybody was shouting, running, taking off. I thought it was because they were so happy about my left hand. And I was like, man, I ain't seen her shout in years. Well, I should have waved at her years ago. <coughs> There's one that ain't shouting in a long time, you know, and I'd wave at him too. And people was just crying and out in the spirit and running around the church. It was just marvelous. Well, <coughs> finally, I waved at my friend, Brother Dave, on the platform. And he stood up and he said, you see me? And I realized all of those times that I tried, I wanted, I begged, I pleaded to just see again. Oh, I wanted to see my babies again. I wanted to see my wife again. I wanted to drive a car and know what I was doing and not be the center of attention all the time. I just wanted to see again. And they said that because the optical nerve, see you have an optical nerve leading from each eye and then they join together and, and join your brain back in the right back part of your brain and right where they come together is where mine was severed at held on by the thickness of a hair so I could see light oh my friend they said that there was no surgery that could be done because of where it was at they have the MRIs that show that it was severed and there was nothing that they could do about it oh but my friend let me tell you my friend the doctors could not do it I sure couldn't do it there wasn't no therapy and there wasn't no medicine to take for that I was blind for the rest of my life and even though the doctors couldn't do it the professionals couldn't do it now since Cincinnati Eye Institute has taken new MRIs and sent the pictures of the original MRIs and the current MRIs to universities all across America to be studied how in the world did this optical nerve grow back that ain't never happened before oh my friend because that's the kind of Jesus that our Savior is somebody say Jesus 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 hallelujah he is great he is all in all. He's my everything. He's my very present help in trouble. He opens up blinded eyes. Hallelujah. Woo! Thank God. Thank God. Nobody couldn't do that. But Jesus helps those who can't help themselves. I'm seeing tonight because Jesus has put that optical nerve back together. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, my friend. And so finally, everybody shouted and worshiped the Lord. I, I didn't uh, look at the clock, but they said that it was after midnight. <clears throat> said it was after 12 whenever Brother Miller got up to dismiss. Now understand, as a grown man, I absolutely hated the fact that uh, I could not take care of myself and uh, I, I, therefore, I had to be taken to the restroom or wear a diaper. 
I chose to be taken to the restroom, and I hated that every time. Every time I hated it. I, I didn't want no part of that. And so a few nights before that, I had made up my mind that I was not going to be taken to the restroom that night. I'd got myself on the end of the hospital bed that was in the <coughs> living room there that I, that I stayed in. In the middle of the night, I was supposed to holler. My, my dad was back there in the back room, and I was supposed to holler for somebody to get up and take me to the restroom. But I hated it so bad that that night I made up my mind. Listen, folks, I could preach an hour easily on that you're going to have to make up your mind if you're going to serve the Lord. Amen. Any loser can go to hell. Come on now. It takes somebody with a made-up mind to get to heaven. Come on here. Come on here now. Oh, my friends. But yet at the same time, you don't have the power in your mind to make things happen that just isn't so. It's, there are things it's going to take God to fix. Amen. I know that I'm not a great preacher and I can't put that in the right words. And Brother Wade, uh, maybe later on, he can put it just in the right words. But my friend, there are some things in your life that you can't fix yourself. Come on here now. I told you this morning about the butter knife trying to get the uh, uh, wires to break in my mouth and just messed everything up. I tried to fix it myself. My friend, there's things you can't do for yourself. No matter how much you believe in yourself, no matter how high you are on yourself, my friend, you're going to need God to make it through this life. Come on now. Who is the ones that are saved? You're not saved from hell until you endure to the end. How in the world are you going to endure to the end it's gonna take the lord come on now you can't do it by yourself it's gonna take god amen well that night i'd made i wish i could say that just right i know that i can't i wish i could explain what i mean just right <clears throat> and so i had got myself to the end of the bed there on the sides you know and i made up my mind i'm gonna go to the bathroom tonight by myself I don't need to holler for anybody I'm gonna go and so with all my strength I stood up and I didn't stop I just went forward and fell on the floor and made a big crashing sound and here come my dad running in all upset at me you know and giving me one of those dad speeches you know what are you doing why did you do that and oh my friend I just couldn't help myself I tried with everything in me but that night, sitting there on the front seat of the church, after all the shouting was done, people had rejoiced because my blinded eyes was open, because my left hand was in the air. Hallelujah. Oh, and now Brother Miller said, let's all stand to be dismissed. And I knew in my heart that I felt the Lord saying, stand up, stand up. My walker was right there. And I didn't grab my walker. I stood up. I was nervous. I was scared. But I stood up. And I didn't fall. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I couldn't help my.
myself, but I stood up and I didn't hold on to nothing. Nobody was holding on to me and I didn't fall because my God helps those who can't help themselves. And so whenever they prayed the dismissal, they were all praying whatever that we always pray, you know, at the end of the service, you know, and Lord, bring us back at the appointed time and thank God for the... But the whole time, I was having a huge battle that nobody else could see on the inside of me. There's a huge battle going on in the minds right now that nobody else can see. Come on here now. Oh, because... Deep down on the inside, there was something that was telling me, oh, it was the Spirit of the Lord, take a step. In the name of Jesus, take a step. Just say Jesus and take a step. But there was something so loud, like raging waters in my head, Pastor. It was so loud. It was thundering in my head. You can't do that. You can't do that. You've already tried that. You can't do that. You've done tried that. You're going to make a fool out of yourself. You're going to end up in the floor and everybody's going to become running up and see what's wrong with you. Your mom and dad's back there. Don't embarrass them. Don't embarrass yourself. Hold, grab your walker and take a step like you got in here. Don't be so foolish. You can't do that. But oh, that small, still voice was deep down in my heart and there was such a battle going on that nobody could see it was the hardest thing I've ever done in my whole life there is nothing I have ever done in my life that was any harder oh whenever I said to myself I'm going to do this in the name of Jesus and I looked up and I said Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. It wasn't a very pretty step, but I didn't fall. Oh! And I said, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. And I done it again. And I didn't fall. I said, Jesus, Jesus. And I took that third step. It was a little better. And I didn't fall. My wonderful daddy, who was the best dad in the world, he came running around and he grabbed my walker. And he came up to me. He said, here, son, grab your walker. Grab your walker, son. I said, dad. I love you so much. I'm going to give it to you. Take it home with you. It's yours. I ain't never going to use it again. Oh, because my God helped me when I could not help myself. Hey, I still walk with the limp. I know I got to be careful with the stairs and all of that. But oh, I'm so glad to tell you I'm not falling. I'm not falling because Jesus is my healer. He helped me when I could could not help myself. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. And I've had the privilege of telling that over and over and over again. Excuse me while I get a drink. That the Lord has given me the privilege to tell so many. I don't think I've ever told it 
like I just told it with these verses and, and that our God helps those who can't help themselves. If I have, I don't ever remember doing it, telling it just like that. <clears throat> but I've told the miracles that the Lord has done for me many, many times. And I'm so thankful for it. Amen. <laughs> but telling that the Lord has used it. Not me. Because I have no power in myself. In myself, I was dead. In myself, I was crippled. I was blind. My mouth was wired shut. My brain was so scrambled. I was confused all the time. And I couldn't understand those most simple things. I became so depressed that I begged and pleaded God to just let me die. Oh, but Jesus, he has used that wonderful, wonderful things that he done. He used it to increase the faith of other people. Oh, there have been many people that have found deliverance from their addictions. Come on here now. They have found deliverance oh, from all the things of this world. Things like gambling that nobody knows about. Things like pornography that nobody knows about. Things like stealing and cheating that nobody knows about. Oh, but God has brought them deliverance. Thank you, Jesus, for allowing me to be a tool in your toolbox. I'm so thankful that the Lord allowed me to be just another little tool in his toolbox to make a difference for somebody. Amen? Amen. Well... But it has been quite a battle because Satan knows that I'm weak in myself. I don't have nothing myself. And so my voice got so bad that I would go all day long without speaking so I could preach that night. I did all of the home remedies, you know, gargle, lemon juice, and Take lemon drops and suck on cough drops and this and that and that and this and all of those things, you know, to try to try to make my throat better. <clears throat> and it just wouldn't get any better. We was in California preaching whenever it got so bad. And so we came home to Cincinnati at the next time that we were home. And um, I went to see my family doctor. And she looked in my throat and she said, you have to see a specialist immediately. I said, well, I'm going to be home a few days. And she said, no, I mean, immediately. You have to see a specialist. She sent me to a cancer doctor. I went in. He'd done the biopsy. Called me back in a few days later. And I knew whenever... He went and talked to me on the phone over it. He told me to come to his office. I just had a feeling it was going to be bad. I heard the worst news that I could ever remember hearing a doctor say to me. I mean, my wife had been told many bad things about me, but they never said that to me. But the doctor stood in front of me and he said, I'm so sorry your throat there's cancer 
and your throats. And oh, my friend, fear grips me. I'm going to tell you, there ain't nothing that I can do for myself to make a difference with that. The doctor done the surgery and took out a tumor and took out part of my left vocal cord. Now it doesn't work correctly anymore and it's very thin and not all there. Oh, but I want to tell you something, my friend. When the doctors explained to me that I would never preach again, I had to see uh, every, while, every time that I could a speech pathologist. That's a big word. A speech pathologist. And she done all the testing and tried to work with me and explain to me, you've got to quit preaching. And I began to give her my testimony to the best of my ability. And the Lord just anointed me and helped me. And she cried with me. And oh, she was touched and moved to hear what God's already done for me. I said, doctor, I have got to tell it. I've got to tell it again. I can't quit telling it. As long as I can make a little noise, I'm going to keep telling it. Oh, and she said, Doug, it's cancer. You've got to stop preaching. Oh, my friend. Now I get to go back to the doctor. That has been about a year and a half ago. And I get to go back to the doctor every, it was every six weeks. And now it's, I think, every 12 weeks or something like that. It keeps getting a little further out, you know, just to be tested again. Because now they tell me there's no sign of cancer. There is no cancer whatsoever. Let me tell you, my friend, they tell me that left vocal cord is still in very bad shape. And the doctor, the, the uh, ENT and the cancer doctor and the speech pathologist, all these people, they explain to me, we don't know how, that we know what Pentecost is. We know how you Pentecostal preachers are. When you get up, make sure that you don't try to talk loud. And I said, let me tell you something. When I'm just trying to talk to my friends, I am I try my best to be careful and not raise my voice and don't talk as much as I want to because I like to talk. Oh, my friend, but let me tell you, when the Holy Ghost comes by and I get anointed preaching, I believe I preach as loud as I ever have. I spit and carry on as much as I ever have, my friend, because I believe with all my heart, whenever the anointing is here, this here left vocal cord is working just fine. Come on now. Oh, because when I could not help myself my God helped me Jesus helped me when I could not help myself Woo! I don't know what it is that you're battling with tonight but I have come with good news Woo! there are those that uh, the Lord uses them in a different way and I'm certainly not putting them down because uh you know, that uh, they're preaching the truth. And the Lord uses them to uh, remind the church how 
bad and things are and and you know it's getting worse and it's going to keep on getting worse and 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 i'm not putting them down but when i leave i'm i'm feeling so much worse than i did when i went to church that night i haven't come to tell you that i've come to tell you that jesus will help you tonight with things that you can't help yourself with come on here now hey listen my my wonderful uncle pearl he was both a drug addict and an alcoholic at the same time he went through care unit in cincinnati at the uh, what's that hospital drake hospital he graduated from the care unit that is where they tell you that you're well now you know and, and you're fine and and you're back he graduated from there three times <laughs> and he was still a drug addict Oh, but thank God that night that he made that walk down the aisle. Woo! He could not help himself. All the counselors and specialists could not help him. He walked down that aisle. Oh, and he found refuge. He found a hiding place. He found a new life. He found a new beginning. He found the precious flow of the blood of Jesus. And it cleansed him and made him new. He became pastor of the Cave Hill Church of God till he died for some 20-something years. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Lord helped him. Jesus helped him when he could not help himself. I feel in my spirit that the Holy Ghost has spoke to me. There's things that you're guilty of that others don't know about. But Jesus has ordained this service to bring you deliverance tonight. I'm not going to embarrass you call you out and say right now if I'm talking to you come down here so we'll all know who it is and all get that's not what I'm going to do but when I open up this altar I'm begging you come and find deliverance because this service is all about you tonight Jesus has come to tell you he knows you can't help yourself but our God helps those who can't help themselves. Let's all stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus.